Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. All right, let's get busy with a slew full of topics worthy of discussion. Our panel has assembled, as they do every weekday afternoon at this time here on The Oakley Show, and the Friday panel looking good and set to go, including Sherry DeNovo, the Reverend and the Minister at Trinity St. Paul's Center for Faith, Justice, and the Arts, and a former NDP MPP for Parkdale High Park. Good afternoon, Sherry. John, always a pleasure. Thank you. And uh, John Capobianco, Senior VP, Senior Partner, and National Practice Lead for Public Affairs in Fleischman Hilliard's Toronto office. He's been dabbling in politics at a grassroots level for about 22-plus years. Johnny, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks, John. Good to be back. Thank you to, uh, for coming in. And Michael Giles, another government... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You've been in all all levels of government for 30 years, federally, provincially, and municipally. And it's a municipal matter that I first wanted to broach. And so uh, let me just send this around the horn. Next hour, we'll be talking to the gentleman at the, the center of this maelstrom, Tony Dundas. He's a 68-year-old resident in the Don Mills Road and Finch Avenue area, Don Valley North, where Shelley Carroll is contesting the municipal election that's just a matter of 10 days out. And he decided to make a statement with a cardboard lawn sign that reads, Shelley, get a real job. And uh, apparently he's run afoul of some of the local uh, bylaw enforcement officers who say he's violating election laws. They say, uh, quote, signs require compliance with the election sign rules as they're considered a category of election signs. The sign was not erected in accordance with the election sign rules. Long story short, uh, he could be fined 200 bucks, and if it goes to a serious level before a provincial court, could add up to 5000 He said it's a matter of free speech. John Capobianco, is he in violation of a municipal bylaw, or is it strictly a matter of free speech, and he's voicing his? Well, I think it's a matter of free speech, and he's voicing his, and I think he's got every right to do that. I think the challenge uh, here is that, um, you know, obviously there's people that are complaining about it, but, but John, I've seen far worse uh, worded signs uh, that have been erected over the course of many uh, many uh, campaigns and and uh, uh, and never never heard of any of any issues from that perspective I think it's the fact that you know Shelley is a former counselor and there's uh, there's a lot of people who probably support her in that regard but he's got a legitimate concern he's basically saying look at you know she uh, she resigned from council collected uh, her uh, her severance or whoever uh, the the payment was, and then uh, lost against uh, you know when she ran in favor of uh, Kathleen Wynne and the Liberals, mm. and now all of a sudden decided to come back. So there's a lot of issues there that I think she's going to deal have to deal with, and she hasn't really dealt with them. I think this car- this gentleman is basically saying to people, look at you know pick a job or get a real job, and uh, and I think he's trying to make a statement and he's getting some me- some press over it. Well, he's also upset because she's put on her campaign signs she has reelect Shelley Carroll. So she stood down uh what are we re-electing she's no longer the counselor she's not an incumbent per se although you know there's kind of a gray area there uh 
So, Sherry DeNovo, do you think this guy has every right to do this? Well, uh, first of all, uh, let me say that I have, as a former politician, seen so many sign violations, hundreds and hundreds of them, that don't seem to draw the attention of the city at all. And it is a city bylaw. Um, I, I think they misstepped here in a, in a very real way, in the sense that what they've done is given him huge publicity. I mean, essentially what the city has done is amplified the the efficacy of this sign by a thousand percent by by trying to, to get after him. It's it's absurd. I mean, I, you know, yes, did he break a, a bylaw? It happens hundreds of times across the city in any election. Uh, but the way that they focused on him has actually going to make him a martyr. And and in and in fact is is uh, I think uh, n- you know not going to hurt his cause. Is going to help him. Well, we're going to be talking to him next hour, so I'll find out directly <laughs> where what kind of uh, feedback he's been getting. But as I say, the sign people came out and told him to take down the sign, or they would. And uh, further to that, a complaint, a complaint, single complaint, was received by the city. Michael Giles, I mean, is this petty politicking? Do you think if somebody in the Shelley Carroll campaign blew the whistle on him, they really misjudged or misstepped uh, seriously, as uh, John and Sherry have suggested? Well, if I didn't drive down that street, I would never have seen this except for the newspaper article. So we'll leave that to uh, them to decide. In defense of city bylaw staff, I mean, they're required to investigate complaints that come through through bylaw departments. So uh, I don't uh, fault the city bylaw people at all. I mean, if you call about, uh, you know, garbage in the street or you call about problems in the neighbor next door, 311, they're required to investigate. So that's what they do. So I, I would just be, you know, a, a sort of a, a shout out to city municipal licensing staff. They have a difficult job. They get a complaint, they investigate. Although they seem to have been a little bit quick off to start on this one, though. There's a lot of, a lot of as, as Sherry so rightly said, and, and being involved in so many elections that I have, and we all have, but they seem to be really quick off the mark on this one. In other words, they, they received a complaint, and boy, they were on it in a big way. I mean, there Whereas, are hun- <laughs> yeah, hundreds of signs all over public property that aren't supposed to be there, um, signs that are defaced. I mean, I, it, But something it's about this one is resonating, and it may be yeah. because it's so pithy. Shelly, get a real job. I mean, ouch. Uh, you, you know, you can take out a billboard and it can be verbose and all kinds of writing and so on and so forth, but it doesn't have the impact or the wallop that this does. Or maybe it's just in that particular writing uh, or ward where this resonates. We'll talk to him, as I said, Mr. Dundas, in the next hour. Let me move on. There were other concerns in the city beyond just some schmageggy sign. <laughs> and uh, this is a serious one where yesterday in the middle of the afternoon, somebody was gunned down at Kill and Wilson. That's 85 homicides to this point. This was a 26-year-old in a Mercedes parked in his driveway, 2.30 in the afternoon. And it leads to the question, you know, because the usual harumphing and everybody's wringing their hands and uh, so on and so forth. But I'm just wondering if at this stage we should grudgingly accept that this is the new normal in a city the size of Toronto, Sherry DeNovo. Well, it certainly uh, speaks to me about the necessity to ban handguns, but uh, there's that. Uh, but also, I mean, I think we, again, have to put this in perspective. We're still the safest city in North America. We're fourth safest city of its size in the world. Having said that, of course, it's a concern when anybody's killed. And I think we have to look at not only the determinants behind this, because a lot of it is gang related and, um, and, and, and what goes into kids going into gangs. And I think, you know, the mayor and others have, have looked at that and are putting money towards, you know, what can we do with kids when they've got too much time on their hands and it goes in this direction. But I mean, again, to put it in perspective and, um, and let's ban handguns. Yes, let's do that. You think that's going to be a deterrent? I think it's going to help.
Do you? Yeah. John? Uh, Listen, we should never accept that it's a new norm. I think it's uh, it's it's obviously uh, uh, tragic that this kind of stuff's happened. It's it's certainly happening again. We seem to be doing this in cycles in some ways over the course of the last number of years where um, we've we've been, I think, without major instances over the last last number of years, but certainly a couple of years back there was was the the summer of guns again and uh, and something happens. But I think that the attention that it's getting now uh, with not only the city council but also provincially and and federally, uh, I think is needed. I think you've got uh, Premier Ford, who's who's quite strong on on these issues, is prepared to sort of fight for uh, for more funding, for more police support on 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 the streets. I think that's something that we need to do. It's obviously going to become a municipal issue. We're hearing the mayor Tory and certainly his opponents talking about it, um, and even up to the federal level, John. So I think it's something that needs to be addressed. I'm not sure banning guns is the way to go. I think that. But there's then how be- to address it? I mean, I know where McCormick has mentioned offhandedly that maybe you know 800 more officers are about the number that would be needed because they've lost these through retirement attrition and what have you over the last number of years even if you were to fulfill that contingent that lost contingent would that make a difference if somebody has the wherewithal to gun somebody down at 2 30 in the afternoon in their driveway i'm just saying i don't want to sound like i'm a defeatist in all of this but is this the new normal and we just have to deal with it michael well I, yeah and I, I you know again i always go back to this thing where i grew up in belfast and you know you had uh, 3,000 soldiers on the streets trying to deter this kind of stuff happening, and it still happened. You can't have a police officer in every block. I think what the thing is concerning most people, and myself included, is the brazenness of this. You know, we've had times where there's been, you know, an escalated number of, of people being shot and homicides and everything else. I think it's the very brazen nature, you know, of where these things are happening and sort of just in quotation marks, in normal environments. You know, somebody's sitting in a driveway. There's a close friend of mine who was in Yorkdale, you know, what was it, two months ago or whatever, when, you know, they were literally walking through the mall with their daughter and, you know, there's shots being fired outside a coffee shop. And I think that's what is, is you know, not that, you know, you, any homicide is acceptable, but I think the, the concern that we have is, and, and a lot of people have, is that this seems to be getting more and more brazen. There seems to be no rules around it. And I know, you know, speaking to Shall, uh, Sherry's point, yeah, there's absolutely no question, you know, in the sense of a safe city. I mean, I wouldn't feel unsafe walking in most parts of the city. Having said that, I think that's the concern. And I think that, you know, speaking to John's point, there has to be a collaborative effort of all three levels of government to somehow... Uh, at least address some of the, the, the perhaps the you know the root causes of this and the results of this. I I, I don't know what else to say. You know, you literally have a, a young well, man sitting in his car in a driveway. Well, well there, that is the point. We don't know what to say anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talk handgun ban or you know more social programs, increase the contingent of police out there. It seems to me like uh, this is just shoveling sand against the tide. Well, I think the other issue too is is, is and it's important here is to look at you know, what is happening in these instances? Is this, you know, 80%, 90% gang related? If, you know, is that the case where, you know, so we have to focus on that's an issue specifically? Or, you know, what is going on here? It seems to be there's quite a number of guys. I have no idea. None of us do. Guy was 26, a student at Ryerson and sitting in the seat of his black Mercedes in his driveway in Downsview. Yeah. Well, well, there was a guy a, that happened here, the, the young guy in Richmond Hill. He lived right, you know, two or three blocks from here. Construction, owned a construction company. Everything seemed to be fine in his life. And, that happened there. Well, and there's also a situation with the steakhouse in Toronto, the more recent one, where yeah. the, the gunman went in and actually went in and yes. knew the targets and shot the two of them, and, and you know, people were flying all over the place. Well, and, Michael's and, on Dundas. I think that was Michael's yeah. on Dundas. Uh, so I think that the issue is if it's gangs related to Michael's point, and, and obviously there seems to be the heavier uh, the percentage of, of these shootings are gang related, then let's let's try to resolve that issue and try to get the gangs off the street and have enough resourcing for police to be able to f- target those gangs and get them off the street because they know who they are, they know where the gangs are. 
are. They know where they're where they're predisposed to be uh, in most cases. Well, some of these don't sound like they're uh, street level gangsters because it's uh, you know when somebody's sitting in a black Mercedes, you know, seems like a hit. Well, that's the kind of point I'm making. And, uh, you know, is there a a case to be made to ban handguns there that that's going to deter it? It's a a level of violence now that uh, we've seen in the past, but not as frequent. And that's the the real heads up here. And I'm just wondering, again, if we just have to accept this as a new normal. We'll leave it for now. There are other things that we have to do. (laughs) We'll have to accept as a new normal come Wednesday, smoking pot out in public and yet in quebec they've got a different model in certain towns and cities there i'm going to just juxtapose the two and see which is preferential for our panel michael giles sherry de novo and john capo bianco in a moment on the oakley show global news radio 640 toronto